You think you've got issues? Hi, I'm Dr. Laurie Appel. Welcome to my podcast, where we will be talking about a variety of mental health issues because, you know, we've all got issues. So lots of parents ask me about how to build their child's self-esteem or they're concerned that their child seems to have low self-esteem, like a lack of confidence or sensitivity to criticism or difficulty accepting a compliment or talking negatively about themselves. So I want to talk today about how to build self-esteem in our children. But before I get to that, let's start with a little bit of background information on the subject of self-esteem. For today's podcast, let's define self-esteem as a person's overall sense of self-worth or personal value, basically how much you like yourself. This valuation of oneself can either be derived internally or externally. So if it is derived internally, you look inward to assess your value. If you derive your self-esteem externally, you look toward others to assess your value. You value yourself by assessing how others value you. Now, people who are reliant on external valuation tend to need and seek constant approval from others. For instance, the counting of likes on social media, the constant need for praise and compliments. And when we derive our self-esteem externally, we can sometimes behave in ways that may cause us problems. We become followers or people pleasers. We forget to look at our own needs as long as other people are okay with us. We also can mistake desire or sexual attention or superficial reinforcements on social media for actual true love and or affection. When we put our self-esteem solely in the hands of others, we are destined to the highs and lows of public approval. We're like praise junkies having fans rather than friends. And then we need more and more praise and approval just to feel okay and experience depression or self-loathing when someone doesn't like us or we're criticized. This is not a healthy way to live, and this is certainly not evidence of a healthy self-esteem. I mean, you can't be liked by everyone. We will all have to sustain some rejection, disapproval, and criticism in our lives while sustaining a healthy and positive self-image. Now, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't put any thought into how others view us. I mean, people who give no thought to what others think are typically pretty insensitive, selfish, and arrogant. What I think is necessary is a balance of secure internal validation combined with empathy and a strong moral compass. Individuals with high self-esteem are able to love themselves and excel and do the right thing despite disapproval of others. As self-help author Karen Salmonson says, you are wonderful, valuable, worthwhile, lovable. Not because others think so. Think so. Self-worth comes from only one place, self. So if we begin talking about how to create a positive self-image in our children with the notion that we want self-esteem to come from the self and not from external sources, then we should conclude that parental praise is, contrary to what you think, not the most important variable in creating good self-esteem. And while research confirms that constant or harsh criticism and a lack of acceptance will certainly damage a child's self-esteem, we also do not want to raise praise-dependent children. 
People roll their eyes when talking about our present-day culture of everybody gets a trophy. And frankly, I don't really think that giving kids a trophy for their effort is a harmful thing, but I do think it's like dessert. It's fun and good to eat, but it won't really give adequate nutrition to build self-esteem. So where does the more substantial meal come from? Over the years of seeing families and children, I have come to the conclusion that there are four necessary elements to a good self-esteem. They are hard work, mastery of life's challenges, behaving in a way that coincides with one's conscience, and an acceptance of one's gifts and flaws. So let's start with hard work. FDR once said, happiness is the real sense of fulfillment that comes from hard work. When I think back on my life, the things that I am most proud of are the things that I worked the hardest for. Now, whether that work was academic, physical, or even emotional in nature, when I really had to push myself, I felt proud of a hard-won achievement. It boosted my confidence that I could do what I set my mind to, regardless of how difficult. I mean, think about how good you feel after completing something that was really hard, whether it was cleaning out the garage, losing 10 pounds, completing a tough course at school, or even taking an emotional risk. So begin early with this. Don't feel the need to make everything fun or entertaining. It's okay to say, this will be hard work. And don't minimize their efforts rather than saying things like, Oh, that wasn't so hard, was it? Use the experience instead to enhance self-esteem and pride in hard-won achievements. Like, I know that was really hard, but you saw it through and you did it. Do really hard things together and talk about the pride you can both take in the effort you put in. Expect commitments to a team or a project to be fulfilled. Don't allow for backing out when things get tough. This reinforces the idea that they aren't capable. And focus on the effort, not the result. Not all of one's efforts will be met with success. So we don't want to set our kids up to feel like a failure every time they don't succeed at something. Reinforce the effort. Maybe your child didn't get straight A's like they hoped, but they can still be really proud of the work that they put into the school year. Studying hard, staying organized. This helps to set them up to feel good about their efforts something they can control and continue to make despite the outcome, which they can't always control. Okay, so mastering life's challenges. Children grow up with a healthy self-esteem when they feel like they can cope with life's problems independently and that they won't fall apart when problems occur. For the kids that I see in my practice, this plays out in the difference between kids who comment that they just can't deal Versus the kids who are able to say, I'll get through this. As a psychologist, one of the ways I can assess my client's progress is by how good they feel about their capacity to master life's challenges without falling apart. In fact, in my screening with children, I use a technique of storytelling in which I begin a story about a lost baby bird and have them tell me the ending. And it fascinates me how the different story endings I get from kids reflect their feelings about their capacity to master life's problems. Often the best way that we can help our children develop a sense of independent mastery is simply by backing off. Let them struggle a little bit with a difficult problem. Let them experience some anxiety and overcome it. Don't rush in as soon as they're stuck. They will feel so much better about themselves if they figure things out. 
One of the ways that I do this with my younger clients is that rather than giving them suggestions or advice, I always start with the question, well, what do you think you need to do about it? This serves two purposes. It lets them know that I have confidence in their abilities to solve a problem. And it encourages them to try to figure things out for themselves, which is key to mastering life's problems. So really encourage your kids to try to master things on their own and to overcome their fears, whether it's petting a dog or speaking in public. It's important to be that support person who lets them know that they are capable. And feeling capable is a huge part of confidence and healthy self-esteem. On to behaving in a way that coincides with one's conscience. Abraham Lincoln once said, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. Conscience is the moral faculty that leads to feelings of remorse and guilt when we do something that goes against our internal moral compass and our values. From a very young age, we begin to internalize a moral barometer that determines whether we feel pride or disappointment in ourselves. Whenever we do something that we know is wrong, it diminishes our self-esteem because it goes against the vision that we have of ourselves. The more we do things that feel right and can be proud of, the more our self-esteem is enhanced. And all of us ultimately want to be the kind of person we can respect and admire. So how do we build this in our children? First and foremost, be a model. You can't dictate to your children not to lie and then have them catch you lying to others. You can't teach how to be respectful to people if you treat people, including your children, in a disrespectful way. And here's what you can do to help instill a moral compass in your children and reinforce behaviors that coincide with this moral value system. Do things that align with your value system. Volunteer. Help a less fortunate person. Go to church regularly. See your family members. Whatever your values are, don't preach them. Show them. And admit when you do something wrong and make amends when needed, even to your children. Let them know that we all make mistakes, but that we can correct them. Don't be afraid to, pol- to apologize to your kids if you've done something wrong and you're not proud of it. Avoidance of dealing with our own wrongdoing is a sign of shame. And what we want to promote in our children is not shame. That leads to a whole unhealthy spiral that I'll address in my next series of episodes. Rather, we want to promote a healthy sense of guilt, which is about addressing our behavior and not about diminishing our identity and sense of self. Also, make sure your children see that you follow your conscience, even if it means social disapproval. Show them that your approval of yourself is more important in the long run than social acceptance. Talk about these kinds of things with your kids. Use social media, TV, movies, and books to talk about the choices characters make and how this turns out. Also, expect responsible and moral behavior from your children and let them know that you know they have the capacity to do what's right even when it's hard. Use gentle discipline and teaching to reinforce this. For example, you can say to your child, I know your little brother can be really frustrating and that it's really tempting to lash out and hit him. But in our family, we don't hit. We use our words instead. 
So you need to apologize and do something nice for him to make up for hurting him. And you help your children to notice their conscience, which is that little voice inside that says that they need to correct their direction or make amends. Like, you look really sad. I imagine it made you feel bad to do whatever. That's why we don't do those kinds of things. It hurts someone else and it hurts us because we feel bad after. It makes us feel better inside to do what we know is right. As your children grow, the moral and ethical decisions they make become crucial to the direction they will head and how they will feel about themselves. So keep those lines of communication open. Try not to immediately react to mistakes or poor choices. Remember, they are still learning. Instead, try to understand and communicate about their choices and then be sure to praise them when they make good choices. Now, acceptance is probably the most important element of healthy self-esteem. Author and journalist Anna Quindlin said, the thing that is really hard and really amazing is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself. In an age where plastic surgery proliferates, Photoshop pictures abound on social media, and we get a constant stream of reviews on our social network sites, it is no wonder many people find themselves constantly comparing themselves to others and in need of constant reassurance. Kind of like, please look at me, please like me. We are becoming a nation with an oppressive need for perfection and approval. Now, it's always nice to get likes on something that you've posted or to take pride in your appearance. But what happens when we get a dislike or we put on a few pounds? Have we become so self-critical and so praise-dependent that our self-esteem plummets if we receive a negative review or we become aware of someone smarter, prettier, or more popular than us? In order to have consistently positive self-esteem, we need to recognize both our gifts and talents, but also accept our limitations and imperfections and the possible criticism or negative comments that comes with them. If we sink into despair or get defensive about our flaws, it reveals our own fragile self-esteem. We're not perfect. We're nothing. Rather, our open acceptance of our limitations allows us to tolerate not having constant approval from others and to maintain a healthy self-image. We're not diminished if we're not perfect. We're simply human. We can have flaws and love ourselves anyway. So how do we help our children accept themselves just for whom they are? First of all, be a great model of social acceptance. Take pride in your strengths. Talk positively about yourself and... Not as my husband taught me, don't diminish compliments. You know, oh, no, I'm not. Just say thank you. But also learn to laugh at yourself. Talk about your flaws with honesty and humor. Do things you're not good at, like golf or salsa dancing, and be okay with looking silly. Admit, admit your mistakes and shortcomings with honesty and humility and love yourself anyway. Try not to push your child to be the best at everything. It's okay to have high expectations that they can strive toward, but help them feel okay about not being the best. 
you know, it's perfectly okay to be average at something. Try to avoid the trap of focusing on the outcome of something. And when you do praise, praise things that are internal. For example, avoid focusing on getting the A and instead praise their work ethic or their perseverance. Talk with them regularly about the false nature of Instagram posts, how people only present what they want you to see. Also explain how Photoshop works. Talk with them about flawed but very successful people. And finally, don't expect them to be perfect. If you accept their limitations and idiosyncrasies and love them anyway, they will love themselves. They don't need our constant praise, but they absolutely need our acceptance. So encourage your kids to work hard, nudge them to face their fears and master problems, help them develop a sturdy moral compass, and help them to accept themselves just as they are. I'm Dr. Laurie. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next podcast. Dr. Laurie Appel is a licensed psychologist in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Her license and practice information is available on her website, lauriepelpsyd.com. All information provided on Dr. Laurie's podcast is solely for educational and informational purposes and is not meant to serve as psychological counseling. If you have personal issues you would like to explore, please contact a licensed mental health professional in your state.